Hey, this is Lord Nocturnus of Nocturnal Moon Podcast. And tonight I'm going to be touching on a few different subjects. But first off, I'd like to say uh, a shout out to all my listeners. Uh, thank you all for, you know, sticking with uh, Nocturnal Moon and listening to all my new podcasts as they come out. I try to give you all original content and uh, throw in my experiences and stuff like that in the occult, Satanism, and the Necronomicon traditions. So I wanted to thank y'all for uh, listening to them. If you have any friends that you think would like my podcast, uh, send them my way. And uh, But yeah, uh, the other subject I wanted to talk about was uh, the book Necronomicon, The Wanderings of Alhazred. And also, the final topic I wanted to talk about was real or unreal, effective and ineffective. And how the best way to look at these things, you know, from a practical occult perspective. Alright, back to the book, Necronomicon, Wanderings of Alhazred. I really enjoy this book, uh, just because, of, mainly because of the atmosphere of it. It puts you in the desert... Uh, listening to Abdul Alhazred describe different things he encountered along the way of his journeys, you know, across the empty space of the Arabian desert, or the Roba El Kaliye, the empty space, and uh, the different secrets of necromancy he discovered while he was wandering out in the desert, and uh, the cities and towns that he visited in his travels. Uh, Donald Tyson did a really good job at incorporating different occult techniques throughout the book. Here and there, it, it gave it a nice color and uh, even practical use to it. A lot of people would be like, yeah, you can't really use that book for uh, occult purposes, that Necronomicon, because it's more of a uh, n novel, but actually you can. It has uh, clean-cut sigils for the uh, seven great old ones. Uh, he derives the sigils from the planetary squares that he associates the old ones with. So anytime that you use those sigils, you're calling up on those old ones, but colored through the energy of those planets. Sort of like looking at something through a lens and then switching the color of the lens and looking at it again. Same, man same deal there. You'll still be tapping in into the entity that you seek. But, uh... Throughout the book, he has invocations that uh, the separate covens and cults to these old ones use to uh, call up on their to call up their gods. And he also has uh, different forms of divination in there, which is pretty cool. Uh, he mentions soul bottles, which I thought was a really cool uh, method of trapping your soul's enemy or your enemy's soul into a bottle. And that adds power to you. Uh, he talks about um, a formula of yug in the book. That's where you can transfer your consciousness forcefully into someone who is of a weaker will than you. And that's basically like body jumping. and uh, Or being a skinwalker kind of. And I've practiced that a couple times and it was actually effective to an extent and the more you practice it the better you'll get at it 
Uh, let's see, what else? But yeah, it, it has a very good dark atmosphere to the whole thing. He talks about angry demons and lustful demons and how to work with them and in the dream state. Uh, one of the things I really liked was he talked about a, a soul portal underneath the city of Irem in the desert. And it had uh, seven different portals that Alhazred travels through and he describes each uh, location that it took him to and what he learned in those places. That includes uh, symbols uh, that are really useful when working necromancy or working with the old ones specifically. And you can actually devise your own I guess you could say chaos magic ritual around those uh, portals if you wanted to and uh, astral project to such a chamber and explore those realms yourself if you are skilled at astral travel and path working um, let's see what else does he talk about hmm, he talks about the monastery of the magi he uh talks about Shagoths. He talks about why the old ones do not die and why the stars are not right. Uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend reading that in a dark room with a candle lit. And just uh, try to imagine yourself in those situations and uh, going through what Alhazard went through. And you can really tap into a monstrous thought form and uh, current of the Necronomicon uh, energy. I, I'm going to touch on something now uh, that I, I was uh, thinking about earlier today. You have a lot of people who uh, they have a fear of something being fiction or non-fiction when it comes to the occult and magic and they obsess over something being based on historical uh, sources or not based on historical sources now the uh, Simon Necronomicon uh, that is based on some Sumerian and Chaldean uh, mythologies mostly Sumerian though and well what I meant to say was Mesopotamian not Chaldean but uh, yeah it's actually based on older systems of magic so it is effective but everything that is thousands of years old to be honest with you it doesn't mean that it's going to be more or less effective than the magic that you can create today or the books that you can create today I can take the uh, Necronomicon Wanderings of Alhazred and raise up a really potent energy and call upon really, really powerful beings just as uh, potent as I could call upon something from the uh, Goetia or the Lesser Key of Solomon, you know. It, it all depends on what turns your magical juices on, so to speak. What excites you on a personal level you know if it's the necronomicon cool work with that energy if it's uh goetia work with that if it's the clip off work with that you know or mix and match things uh for what you're trying to accomplish 
but don't get too hung up on something if something is uh, fact or fiction because it, think about it this way alright the myths came from somewhere and those myths evolved through the written word and through millions of people reading about that myth that reading and picturing that in the, in the mind creates that being on the astral plane and it solidifies it so all the great old ones that you read about in uh, Lovecraft's fiction, they exist on the astral planes now. They can That cannot be disputed. If you actually try calling up these beings, you will get result. And this is where uh, chaos magic touches in. Nothing is true, everything is permissible. And uh, with a little bit of experimentation, I've found that that is correct. You could take... The gods from Skyrim, for example, the Aedra and the Daedra. And you could call them to visible appearance and work with them to enact uh, effective rituals. It just expands your mind when you, think, when you study chaos magic. It expands the possibilities. You know, you're not stuck in some rigid system. And when you do that, your wings finally spread and you can really... Be creative with your magic and a lot more successful and uh, a lot more powerful in your rituals. You know, so that's something to think about. You pick up something that's supposed to be fiction. Try to look at it from a different perspective. Just be like, all right, people visualize this on a regular basis. Every time they read this book, what do you do when you do magic? You visualize and you empower. And when you read something in a book... Uh, a lot of times you'll feel emotion towards that, what you're reading. Say if it's a uh, romance novel, that charges that thought form or that charges that uh, image in your mind. So what effectively people are doing when they write books, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, is creating vast, powerful thought forms. And depending on how popular that book is, those beings take on real existence on the astral planes. Do I believe uh, beings exist physically like the uh, great old ones yes i do there are thousands and millions of uh, stars and galaxies in the universe what we know to exist now is just one minuscule slice of what's really out there you know so uh a lot of people would probably you know since i'm a serious magician or a serious occultist a lot of people would wonder why i would take the time to work with the Necronomicon tradition, and that's why. Because there's a lot more reality to those things than what people realize. And, uh... But yeah, I hope that gives y'all some insights into uh, my thoughts on uh, the Necronomicon tradition and Necronomicon books and working with them and stuff like that. One book I would like to mention that actually has a nice darker ring to it or darker feel to it. I've enacted some of the rituals in the book, and it is pretty effective. It's just, I don't know, there's something more primal and forbidden about it. Is uh, If you go on chaosmatrix.org, there's a book called uh, Libra Logaeth, part one and part two. And just meditating on those rituals and uh, performing them I don't know, it just puts you in a certain state of mind where it's like you see things in a shifted perspective. And it's kind of 
it, it's really strange. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely recommend checking that out. It's uh, free. It's in the uh, digital texts or digital books section at the very bottom. But yeah, uh, check out Lab Liber Logaeth. And if you can find it, also the uh, John D. Necronomicon. I think it's called the 1537 version of the Necronomicon. First time I came across it was on the Joy of Satan website when they started adding ne Necronomicon meditations. And you can find it following through that, uh, looking that up on the Joy of Satan website. But yeah, that one has some pretty cool uh, magic squares associated with it. And you can use those to uh, bring in influences from the outer voids that you seek in your life or to manipulate the energies of those beings. Um, but yeah, I think that about covers it for tonight. Uh, I hope you all are well. Ave Satanus, hail Lilith. <laughs>